Did you vote on the hiring of 87,000 IRS agents? Was the transfer of student debt from those who incurred it to those who did not? Was that on a ballot? The attack on energy independence, did you vote for that? No, no, no. Mandates, orders, those are the elements of tyranny. And it's happening in the last free country on earth. You need to start thinking clearly. And clarity requires the truth. And this is TNN. And your guide is Dan Newman. Now, Pete Ma would not use it, the F word, but I'm going to use it describing what we are living in right now. Here comes the F word, fascism. (laughs) You thought I was going to say something ugly. Well, yes, all of these executive orders that come with the ink drying from Joe Biden's executive order pen are bordering on, if they not already are, fascist actions taken in total disbandonment of the rule of law and the structure of Congress being totally responsible for whatever spending happens in every case, in everything, by the U.S. government. We got more of that coming up this morning and a whole lot more. We actually have probably the best conversation, interrogation, of anybody before Congress in a committee hearing. And doing the um, the interrogating is Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Who's the recipient of this? You can probably guess. But we're going to get into that very quickly. And more news coming out of Nashville regarding the horror that played out two days ago, the shooting and killing of three children, nine-year-old children, teachers, uh, headmistress, and also a caretaker by a crazed gunman. All kinds of stuff up in the air nationwide about it, internationally as well. So what are we going to do? Why don't we just start this thing? Wait a minute. That sounds like country music. You don't do country, Dan. Shania Twain. Not just a pretty face, substance over symbolism. Enjoy.
Shania Twain. And the title of that song is She's Not Just a Pretty Face. I think it's more than a decade old. She writes all her own songs, so she wrote that. Just imagine the furor, the uproar, if that song was released for the first time right now. She's not just a pretty face. The whole song is about everything she is. And my question as I listen to Shania, hmm, who's she talking about and who she's leaving out? You don't know the personal pronouns of all those she's you wrote about in that song, Shania. Oh my gosh, that's racism, sexism, homophobe all rolled into one. You think I'm joking? There are people that, if they hear that song, will think that exact thing. That's None of that's politically correct. That's the world we find ourselves in, folks. It doesn't matter what the facts are. Doesn't matter what the biology says. Doesn't matter what the science says. It's whatever the woke crowd determine is the pronoun of the day. What's allowed? What is rejected? What fits into that niche of homosexuality, hatred, anger, sexism, racism? It goes on and on and on and on. And all it is is some insecure people trying to take control of the social thinking of tens of millions of other people. Yeah, we want to dominate because we're going to demean them if they choose to use any language that we don't think is correct. Symbolism over substance. This world's been full of that for a long time. Still is, by the way. Still is. Symbolic, not substantive. I got to be honest with you. And I'm not supposed to say that word or that phrase. I'll be honest with you because what that means is the other times I'm not being honest with you. So here's a little nugget. Here's a fact. It doesn't matter what is going on in any circumstance and what your beliefs are if what you believe is not factual. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it wokeism. You can call it uh, authoritarianism to reject that. You can call it fascism. You can call it whatever ism you want to or phobe that you want to. Facts or facts, they sit alone atop the heap. And no matter what we say or think, if what we say or think doesn't align with what's sitting up on the top of the heap, what we think is not right. And so it doesn't matter to me if you say something to me that's not right. I'm not going to question your character. I'm not going to start looking for in a way to exploit your flaws because you feel that way or think that. That's your stuff. I'm not going to get into your stuff. Stay out of my stuff. I remember not even a decade ago, actually after this show was first created, we're in our fourth season. I actually said this on a radio show, on a streaming radio show, TNN Live. I said this, look, I respect everybody. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt about everything, unless and until I find out they're not, or it's not, or what they 
are claiming to be is not the facts. But then I just leave it with them. It's none of my business. Unless and until they shove it in my face. Then it becomes, hey, back off, buddy. Of course, I can't use the term buddy anymore, can I? (laughs) You just can't win. Wow. Well, our world is full of danger. Our world is full of horrible things. Sadly to say, our world is full of a bunch of really bad people. It's not a good thing. And we saw it play out, and we're living the aftermath now of what happened in Nashville at that Christian school. Horrors happen, and the news is all over it. You know why the news is all over it? Because it gets headlines. And news, they want eyeballs on television, they want ears on radio, and they want your eyes in print media. Why? Because that sells newspapers, that gets ratings, and all that turns into dollars and cents. And after all, one famous man once said, the love of money is the root of all evil. I didn't say that. I'm just quoting. It's a biblical truth. Question God. Don't question me about it. So now we're into three days now. We're into determining all the who's at fault stuff in the Nashville shooting. You're going to hear from your president, my president, in just a few minutes. Merrick Garland, don't hear much about the attorney general. He doesn't come out very often, but he did yesterday, and he said the shooter's motive in Nashville is going to determine whether or not what he or she did was a crime or not. Now, I don't know about you, but I heard this guy's dead. Got shot and killed by cops. How are we going to find out now what his motive was on Monday? The shooter was a former Christian school student at this school. Metro Nashville Police Chief John Drake told NBC that investigators believe the shooter had, quote, some resentment for having to go to that school. We have a manifesto. We have some writings we're going over that pertain to this day, the actual incident, the police chief said. Testifying before an appropriations subcommittee, our senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy, a Republican, asked if Garland was considering launching a hate crime probe for the targeting of Christians. So this school shooter, identified as Audrey Elizabeth Hale, age 28, a transgender-identified woman, murdered six people at Nashville Christian School. Now, on Monday, this guy, your host, I got a lesson on how to correctly pronoun transgender individuals. Elizabeth Hale, Audrey Elizabeth Hale, identifies as a transgender-identified woman. Now, let me explain to you how you know who is what. If woman is the last term in that identity, that means it's a biological male who self-identifies as a woman, therefore a transgender-identified woman. The other way around, transgender-identified man, 
that would be a biological female self-identifying as a male. You got to be careful how you throw these pronouns out there. And I'm not being funny. I'm trying to be appropriate. So in this hearing yesterday, Senator Kennedy asked, do you plan on opening a hate crime investigation for the targeting of Christians? The AG replied, the motive has not been established, which will determine if the community was a victim of a hate crime or not. Now, just just stay with me for a minute. We're going to get to the end of this. And it gets stupider, and that's not even a good word, the further we go into this story. Quote, the FBI and ATF are both on the scene working with the local police. As of now, motive has not been identified. Attorney General Garland said, and the police chief said at the last press conference that they don't yet reach a conclusion with respect to motive. We are certainly working towards full time with them to try and determine what the motive is. And of course, what the motive is determines if there's a hate crime or not. Senator Kennedy's question comes after Senator Josh Hawley, also a Republican, he's from Missouri, demanded FBI Director Chris Wray and Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas initiate a federal hate crime probe into the massacre. Hawley reasoned that it is a hate crime to target a particular religion with violence. Federal law explicitly criminalizes violence against individuals based on religious affiliation as hate crimes, Hawley wrote. According to Nashville law enforcement, Hale's attack was both premeditated and targeted against this Christian school, its students, and its employees. I don't know if Merrick Garland understands a kid's dead. He got shot and killed by cops. How the heck are you going to put him on the stand and ask him questions so that you're comfortable this was or was not a hate crime? And there's no need to get into the weeds because you're not going to give him more time in jail because this was a hate crime. There's no jail time affiliated with this, Mr. Attorney General. Now, there are all kind of nut jobs and stupid people that come out of these incidents when they happen. One activist group is due to hold what they're calling a trans day of vengeance They're holding a demonstration in that name, Trans Day of Vengeance. They're going to do it outside the Supreme Court this Saturday, warning against, quote, astronomical amounts of hate from the world and following the horrifying Nashville shooting, which left seven dead on Monday. I thought it was six. The Trans Radical Activist Network, short is TRAN, T-R-A-N, will host the event in Washington from the 31st of March until the 2nd of April, starting Friday, marching on the Supreme Court at 11 Saturday morning. On their website, they cite gender-affirming care ban bills and the political climate as their motives for their demonstration. But commentators are up in arms over the decision to go ahead with the protest as police say they're investigating the role of Nashville shooter Audrey Hale's gender identity and a sense of resentment that may have inspired the attack on the shooter's Christian former school. 
Republican firebrand. They call her MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yesterday, she demanded her Twitter account be restored after features were limited for violating Twitter rules. Go figure. She said, quote, My congressional account was suspended for seven days for exposing Antifa, who are organizing a call for violence called Trans Day of Vengeance. The day after the mass murder of children by a trans shooter, restore my account immediately. Ian Miles Chong wrote that, quote, Twitter is now cracking down on those who promote the Trans Day Vengeance poster, which mostly comprises of trans militants who are calling for a day of mass violence. Twitter's new trust and safety lead, Ella Irwin, responded, quote, correct. We had to automatically sweep our platform and remove greater than 5,000 tweets and retweets, retweets of this poster. We don't support tweets that incite violence irrespective of who posts them. Vengeance does not imply peaceful protest. Organizing or support for peaceful protest is okay. Tran, the group, has stated on their website, this protest is about unity, not inciting violence. Tran does not encourage violence, and it is not welcome at this event. And it's unclear whether Hale, the shooter, was associated with the movement. Audrey Elizabeth Hell opened fire at the Covenant School, shooting and killing six on Monday. Now, of course, everybody waited with bated breath. What is the president going to say? What is he going to say about this shooting? We need something to start the healing, Mr. President. Give us your wisdom. Please give us your wisdom. Okay. He did. And I know you want to hear what the president had to say. Well, you're going to hear the president, but I put it in a donut wrapped by Sky News down in Australia's. Their thoughts. I wanted you to hear what our allies overseas think about things that are happening here when bad stuff happens and how our media, how our politicians, how our government are reacting to these kind of things. Listen closely. This horrific story out of Nashville where a 28-year-old woman has shot dead three students and three adults at a Christian school. Now, news networks crossed to President Joe Biden, who was set to address the media on the tragedy, but instead they got this. The White House. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <laughs> Folks, uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? <laughs> They're your kids, all four of them? Well, stand up, guys. 
John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, considering um, the moment. Um, we were, we were told that the shooting yeah. that just happened uh, left three children dead, uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this F off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Kosha, he did eventually address the issue, but really, I mean, surely he would know the gravity of the situation and jokes about ice cream and good-looking kids in the audience. Uh, Talk about being being out of it. It's almost as if he missed, like, he literally missed the memo and he wasn't hadn't been told that this has just happened. Uh, um, and that's why you saw the, the... He needs the order cue. He needs the order cue. He needs the cards. He needs so much direction. So you, you heard the Fox crew... You know, when, when something big happens and there, it, it just demands a response from the U.S. president, they wait, they wait, they wait. And the second they get the word, the president is walking towards a microphone, they just quit talking and turn the mic up wherever the president is speaking. And you heard them after a few moments when they heard about the ice cream and I got a bunch of it upstairs and I'm Joe Biden I'm Joe Biden's husband. And then talked about a member of Congress, Ben Cardin, everybody. And then he kind of walked into, well, yeah, we had some people that got shot today and it's horrible. We got to get rid of those weapons of war. What does this guy think? What's rolling around in his head? Not much is my opinion. I'm not an expert. I have no idea, no thought. But let me just say this. I can't imagine anybody looking in the rearview mirror, the White House rearview mirror. I can't imagine any president going all the way back as long as I remember. I was born when Dwight Eisenhower was president. The first president I was cognizant of was in 1960, John F. Kennedy. So all the way back to 1960, I don't remember anybody being so crass, so unassuming, so totally detached from a horror show like this, especially the slaughter of six people, three of which were nine-year-old children. And he starts his little talk about the events, supposedly, talking about chocolate ice cream. He wants to be your next president. So, by the way, when he finally launched into it, he made multiple false Second Amendment claims. And that shouldn't surprise anybody. It shouldn't, because that's who he is. Before he got to the meat of the speech, he addressed the tragedy that occurred. He finally got around to it at this Christian school, the Covenant School in Nashville. Biden told the crowd in Durham, North Carolina, that Monday's incident was the family's worst nightmare. He said he lost a child to an accident and another to cancer, noting there was nothing like losing a child, especially when taken in a senseless and heartbreaking act. That is all true. They should be with us, he said, as a nation. We owe these families more than our prayers. We owe them action, he said. 
And here we go. You can smell it coming. You know we have to do more to stop this gun violence that is ripping communities apart, ripping apart the soul of this nation. Protect our children so they learn how to read and write instead of duck and covering in a classroom. He actually described himself as a Second Amendment guy. He said the weapons used on Monday were weapons of war and the right to bear arms is not absolute. You're not allowed to go out and own an automatic weapon. You're not allowed to own a machine gun. You're not allowed to own a flamethrower. You're not allowed to own so many other things. Why in God's name do we allow these weapons of war on our streets and in our public schools? Uh, In the U.S., it is not illegal to own a flamethrower, nor is it illegal to own a machine gun. To own a machine gun or a fully automatic weapon, you got to be considered a prohibited person. You must be at least 21 years old, a legal resident of the U.S., eligible to purchase a firearm, pass an 8- to 10-month background check, and pay a one-time $200 transfer tax to obtain a stamp before you can even own one. Biden has previously said the Second Amendment also banned the ownership of cannons when it was passed in 1791, but that too was a lie. He continued making claims about firearms, especially when it comes to the death of children. This is hard to believe, he said. I never thought when I started my public life that guns would be the number one killer of children in America. Guns, number one. It's sick and overwhelming. A majority of gun owners agree we have to do something. And so what he just said, quote, guns are the number one killer of children in America. Not true. Now, where does he get his stats from? He gets them from the teleprompter that he's reading. Where do those stats come from? Based on the latest available data from the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, Firearms are not the leading cause of death for children between the ages of 1 and 17. Motor vehicles are. But there's a twist there. The CDC, for the purposes of giving fuel to the anti-Second Amendment folks, the CDC got political. They included 18 and 19-year-old young people in their stats. Legally, kids stop being kids at 17. Firearm deaths listed under the CDC's data category, unintentional injury, shows that out of 4,552 deaths of children between the ages of 1 and 17, Motor vehicles accounted for 2,159 of those deaths, drownings for 753, poisoning for 502, suffocating accounted for 212, fires 204, transport accounted for 152, firearms 120. You throw in the 18 and 19-year-olds, which the CDC does, guess what? It changes. 
And it changes for the talking points that uh, not just the president, but lots of people on television, lots of people clamor to find ways to pile on. We've got to get rid of this Second Amendment thing. Our forefathers never mentioned anything about that. They never intended for these kind of guns to be in the hands of these people that are off psychologically. Geraldo Rivera went nuts on television all day yesterday. He excoriated anybody that would dare stand up for the Second Amendment. We know factually guns are the number one killers of our children. Look at the facts, he said. Look at the facts. Well, the facts say that ain't the truth, Geraldo, Mr. President. By the way, the most up-to-date and available data from 2020 can be found on the CDC's website. Also, Barack Obama falsely claims guns, number one killer of children. Monday evening, Obama tweeted his response to the Nashville Christian school shooting by repeating the left's false claim that guns are the number one killer of children. I won't even go into the view. Everybody from the left, and even people on the right. Geraldo Rivera, he's on Fox. I watch Fox a lot. When Geraldo Rivera is on Fox, I turn him off. I couldn't turn him off (laughs) yesterday. On FNC's Fox News Channel's The Story, Fox host Brian Kilmeade said, here we are again in minutes. We're hearing about the guns of the problem. No assault weapons. Go to your corner. Let's play politics before we know the facts. We watched the President of the United States make sure it was clear that I want my assault weapons banned. If you don't get it, you know who is to blame. To me, this is really inappropriate yesterday, along with his remarks about ice cream. Geraldo said, I disagree. Aside from grieving Martha, The breathtaking, majestic, awesome courage of these cops should be the blueprint from now on. It should have been before this, but from now on. Think of Uvalde. Think of all the places where the cops hesitated, or Parkland, where bureaucracy got in the way. Go, 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 let's go, let's go. That's what I want from the cops on my beat. I think that the job they did was just awesome. And then he launched into his speech. Geraldo added, in terms of the weapons, what about Tennessee with the constitutional carry? This person could legally assemble that arsenal of seven weapons, including two AR-15s and a sawed-off shotgun. For God's sake, if the Second Amendment shines on this person accumulating that arsenal, then shame on the Second Amendment. I think the assault weapons ban should be in place. There has been 130 mass shootings this year. To listen to Geraldo Rivera, to listen to all of those hardcore leftist sycophants on The View, you would think that every day, whenever you pull out of your driveway, you better be in a bulletproof glassed-in car because there are mass shooters. 
waiting on every corner, waiting for you to get out of your car, walk into a store, walk into a library, your kids to walk into school, and then they launch their assault. I will never try to mitigate the importance of protecting our kids. If you weren't here yesterday, you missed my soliloquy on how to stop this mess. Why, oh why, do our authorities shy away from putting plans in place to protect our kids at school? I mentioned this number yesterday. If you were here, you heard me. If you weren't here, Joe Biden sent just Los Angeles County Public Schools during COVID, $6 billion in one lump sum, $6 billion with a B. Why? So they could make their schools amenable so kids could go back to school safely. $6 billion. I tried all day yesterday afternoon to get somebody in Israel that could give me the average numbers for the expense sustained by the process that they put in place over there in 1974. What's the significance of that? They had a mass shooting. Dozens of students at a school were taken captive, held. Dozens were killed, slaughtered by terrorists. And the Israeli people said enough is enough. So they locked down their schools. They made every school in the country a safe haven. They don't look like prisons. They are fenced all the way around. There's one way in and one way out. There are one armed guard at this entry exit and one roaming in the school. Teachers are legally armed. They're not forced to carry. They volunteer, but there are armed teachers in every classroom or one close by a classroom that's close adjacent. There have been two incidents since 1974. And you know what happened? By the way, they were both terrorists that got into a school. In both cases, the terrorists were killed. You know who killed them? One by a teacher another by a student that was legally caring. Now, what do you mean, Dan? How does this happen? How does it go to that? Let me tell you, this is what is missing in the United States of America. You're asking me that instead of the question that will make a difference. What can be done about it? First of all, Mr. President... Mr. Attorney General, Mr. FBI Director, how about let's make sure that from coast to coast, top to bottom, north to south, every federal law regarding any kind of infraction of guns, possession of, getting unauthorized, stealing, theft, shooting, caring, you name it. Every infraction 
the perpetrators are processed and held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. Why don't you, when you amass these amazing statistics that make the hardcore Second Amendment haters look good, why don't you just include one other stat? When you in Chicago, just one example, when you have 13, 15, 18, 20 people shot on a weekend in Chicago, instead of just giving us the numbers, do this. The guns that were used, were they legally owned? Were they bought illegally? Or were they stolen? I've been asking for that statistic for four years. Not a whimper. You know why? Because they're almost all stolen. The person that has possession of the gun doesn't have it legally. But they don't want us to know about that because it doesn't make the facts look good for what they want, which is to do away with the right for Americans to legally own and use guns for self-defense. Oh, by the way, of all the shootings that happen every year, less than 12% are perpetrated by legally owned guns. That is a stat that's not complete, as I just told you. But what's provable, less than 12% of them are, are shot by a person who legally owns that gun. So what is the synopsis of all of this? Here it is. We just got to get to the facts. We got to get to the facts. And Merrick Garland's out there saying, oh, you know, we can't prove this was a hate crime. We don't have any evidence of that. I guess the Attorney General has not read the 18 U.S. Code 249 called the Hate Crimes Act. Here's the part that is applicable in the law. I'm reading it directly from the law. Offenses involving actual or perceived religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability, A, in general, whoever, whether or not acting under the color of law in any circumstance described in subparagraph B or paragraph 3, willfully causes bodily injury to any person or through the use of fire, a firearm, a dangerous weapon, or an explosive incendiary device, attempts to cause bodily injury to any person because of the actual or perceived religion, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability of any person, shall be in prison not more than 10 years find in accordance with this title or both, and shall be imprisoned for any term of years or for life, find in accordance with this title or both, if, little letter one, death results from the offense, or two, the offense includes kidnapping or an attempt to kidnap, aggravated sexual abuse, or any attempt to commit aggravated sexual abuse, or any attempt to kill. Now, attempt, that's the only thing that needs to be determined in this. But the whole thing that Merrick Garland is bringing up 
oh, we don't know if it's a hate crime. We got to know what the state of mind of the shooter is. You can't ask the shooter about the state of mind. Mr. Attorney General, the shooter's dead. And so why, why is it a big deal, yes or no, on the hate crime prosecution? You don't have anybody to put more time in jail on their sentence. It's over. It's over. So here we go again. Just another, just another deal. Symbolism over substance. I wonder how much fundraising has taken place since Monday by anti-Second Amendment folks who are out there saying, we need a lot of money so we can get out there and promote gun safety. We got to get rid of these guns and these crazy people out there. You know, those MAGA sycophants, they just want to have their guns and go crazy with them. Symbolism over substance. Wake up with Wendy's and get a free drink with any breakfast sandwich. Hot coffee or Diet Coke, free. Frosty Chino, that's cool and free. If it comes in a Wendy's cup, it's free when you buy a breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. We design smarter ways to detect motion for emergency dispatch in seconds. We create HD cameras so you can see what's happening in your home from anywhere. All powered by Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe for faster police response. Because in here, your safety is the only thing that matters. Advanced home security, 24/7 professional monitoring. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day! Get happy. Yeah! Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. He's got the inside scoop on what's really happening in D.C. TNN, the Truth News Network. Here's Dan. Anybody that's not listening to TNN Live right now, they're going to miss something. We teased it at the top of the show. There is, um, both the Senate and the House, there are always committee hearings, subcommittee hearings going on about all of the very important things. Some of them are fluff, but most of them, thankfully, are not fluff. They're significant about very important topics. And, of course, they're going on now 
in a major way because the House is controlled after several years of being Democrat-controlled. The Republicans have control. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy promised in the uh, run-up to the election and campaigning that if the Democrats lost the House, Republicans, when taking over, were going to get after it first day and start holding this administration, holding them responsible for things they're doing, things they're not doing. One of those people that's in the bullseye is Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Yesterday, the secretary endured a day-long, I mean, getting ripped to shreds in a Senate hearing. Alejandro Mayorkas is the secretary. He's under fire. He should be. In fact, fired should be the applicable word, the only word that's applicable in his case. He should be gone. But Joe Biden won't cut him loose. Why is that? Mayorkas is doing a good job for everything the boss wants him to do. Joe Biden is an open borders hardcore. He wants no borders. He wants anybody and everybody on the planet that wants to come live here. Just come on down. And by the way, after you get here, the plan is we're going to get you legal so you can get a uh, a registration to vote. You'll be able to vote in every election. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what you've done legally or not where you come from. Doesn't matter what kind of diseases, if any, you bring with you. Just come on down. In fact, in Joe's eyes, all those people, they have more rights than American citizens do. Mayorkas subscribes to that. Yesterday, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, he got into what sounds like a criminal law, a criminal justice in a courtroom, in a trial, going after a witness, somebody testifying that is not being cooperative. And, of course, the person in the chair getting questioned very aggressively was Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I'm going to let you listen to this. And you're going to want to call your friends and say, you're not going to believe what Newman had going this morning at TNN Live. You have got to hear what Ted Cruz questioned Alejandro Mayorkas about and Mayorkas's responses. Here you go. Is there a crisis at our southern border? Senator, uh, there is a very significant... That's a yes or no question. There's a very significant... Is there a crisis? Senator, there's a very significant challenge... I think your microphone is not on. There is a very significant challenge that we are facing... Yes or no, is there a crisis? I believe I've addressed that question. So you're refusing to answer? Senator, uh, there is a very significant challenge and we are Will you answer if there's a crisis? Therefore, we are dedicating the resources. Okay, so you're refusing to answer. Well, Secretary Mayorkas, I'll tell you someone who is willing to answer, which is your and President Biden's chief of the Border Patrol, in a sworn deposition in July of 2022, when asked, would you agree, Chief Ortiz, that the southern border is currently in crisis? Answer, yes. Notice none of those wiggle words, none of that equivocation. One word, one syllable, yes. Are you willing to speak with the same clarity as Chief Ortiz? Is there a crisis at our southern border, yes or no? Senator, I'm very proud to work alongside. So you refuse to answer. Let me ask you the next question. 
Has the crisis at our southern border made Americans less safe? Yes or no? Senator, we are dedicated to the safety. Has the crisis made Americans less safe? I don't, I don't want a, a discourse. It's a yes or no question. Senator, we have a challenge of You refuse to answer the question. Not. Sec Mr. Secretary, let me show you how someone doing his job answers a question in a straightforward manner. Chief Ortiz, is the crisis that is currently ongoing at the southern border making the border less safe for Americans and aliens alike? Answer, yes. One word, one syllable, three letters. That's how someone answers a question and does their job. You're being a politician misleading the American people. Let me give you a chance again. Will you show the same integrity Chief Ortiz shows? Is the crisis at the southern border making Americans less safe? Yes or no? Senator, we have 260,000 You refuse to answer the question. Let's move on. And security of the Next American question, people. Mr. Mayorkas. Has the crisis made aliens less safe? Yes or no? Senator, we are seeking... So you won't answer that question either? If you... It, it is... It's a yes or no. Has it made aliens less safe? Senator, smugglers are exploiting... Has the crisis by... made aliens, yes, less safe? Are you willing to answer it? Senator, the smuggling organizations... Okay, you're, you're filibustering us. again. Let me ask you this question. How many migrants have died under President Biden? Senator, your, your phrasing of the question is actually quite misleading. How many migrants died in 2022? Um, uh, at our, uh, approaching our southern border? Yes. Precisely why we are seeking to exclude so you're, the can, Do you know the answer? Do you know how many died? I do not. You do not. Of course you don't. I know how many died. 853. That is 853. And by the way... Here are the numbers that have died every year. You go back to 1998, you see it's consistently between 300 and 400, 300 and 400, 300 and 400. Suddenly, 2021, what happens? You get in office, and that red line are dead bodies. I've been on the Rio Grande, and I've seen dead bodies floating there who've drowned because of your refusal to do your job. You don't even know how many have died. What do you say to the Texas farmers and ranchers who find pregnant ladies dead on their property, who find toddlers dead on their property? What do you say to them? I say that is why precisely we are taking it to the smuggling organization. But you are not. Number, that is simply not true. Number two, it is but why let, let, we let, are let, dead. Let, let me read from the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal two weeks ago ran an article entitled, It's Like Gra a Graveyard, Record Numbers of Migrants Are Dying at the Border. The story begins with this chilling line, quote, Eagle Pass, Texas. Local officials keep a refrigerated truck to hold the bodies of migrants who drown in the currents of the Rio Grande while trying to cross the border into the U.S. Mr. Chairman, I ask unanimous consent that this article be entered into the re record. Let me ask you a different question. How many children have been sexually assaulted by human traffickers under the Biden administration? Senator, this is precisely why we instituted- I, I don't want a lecture. It's a question. How many children have been sexually assaulted by human traffickers under your administration? Senator, this is, this is exactly why on January 5th, we you, announced again, the parole Again, do you know program. how many? Do you know how many children have been sexually assaulted? This is why we- Yeah, you're going to refuse to answer that question as well. Let's move on. It's obvious you've been instructed to stonewall, so I'm not going to let you. You don't get to stonewall and filibuster. Now, one of my Democratic colleagues before said the Democrat talking point- Quote, this problem didn't start under Biden. 
that's I, look, I get if you're a partisan spinner, you got to figure out something to say about the absolute catastrophe that has played out under the Biden administration. True or false, Secretary Morricus, 2020 was the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Is that true or false? It is certainly the lowest level of immigration in many, many years. And what was it okay, fine. in 2020? What was it, Senator, in 2020 that impacted the entire world, including the United States? Okay, so your what testimony was- is the reason we had the lowest rate was COVID. It had nothing to do with building the wall, nothing to do with any catch and release, nothing to do with remain in Mexico. With all respect, Mr. Secretary, that answer is laughable. And in fact, if you look at illegal immigration, let's look at CBP encounters. You can see 500,000, 500,000, it drops to the lowest level, and boom, what happens? You show up, and that red line is you. That red line is Joe Biden. And you're claiming nothing happened. Oh, gosh, this was here before us. No, you made the decision to allow this to happen. Let me ask you, we now have over 5.5 million people who've entered this country illegally under Joe Biden. How many murderers have you released into America? Senator, I'm not aware of any murder whom we've. So you don't know. Into the, into, Senator, let me say something. If you, Do you know? If you take a look at. No, no, you, you don't get to give a speech. Do you know how many murderers you've released? To, I'm just trying to answer your question. How many Senator. rapists have you released? Senator, I'm trying Do you to know? answer your question. You can answer I know or I don't know. Senator, any individual who poses a public safety threat. How many child molesters have you released? And removed into the United States, from the United States. Oh, so your testimony under oath, subject to perjury, is that you have not released any murderers, rapists, or child molesters among the 5.5 million? Is that your testimony? Um, Mr. Chairman, may I have the opportunity? No, to you may act- not. You may answer my question. You're, you're not Is that me. your testimony, yes or no? Senator, you're not allowing me to answer your question. I am allowing you to answer. I'm not allowing you to filibuster. If, if you take a look at the the pace of immigration in 2018 to 2019. You're refusing you to answer. Let's addict. move on. Let's you move on to gotaways. Gotaways are the people that get away that you know about. Now, what happened under your administration? Gotaways consistently down at this low line. Boom, you get in. And they go from below 180,000 to 600,000. Now, I'll tell you this about a gotaway. You don't know among those 600,000 a year, you have no idea how many are murderers, correct? That is precisely why the correct. number of gotaways. Correct. Do you know how many of those are murderers? That is precisely why. So you why. refuse to answer the question. You know how many are rapists? Do you know how many are rapists? This is a question. You're a lawyer. You know how to answer questions. Of the 600,000, do you know how many of them were rapists? Senator, this is why we So, again, are... the answer is no. Let me ask you this. Do you know how many of them are terrorists? And I don't want to... Senator, here's my lecture on this. Do you know how many of the 600,000 gotaways were terrorists? Yes or no? Senator, we are focused on the... You refuse to answer that as well. What's the result of massive gotaways? Well, one of the results is drug overdoses. And we now have, last year, over 100,000 overdoses who died, the majority from Chinese fentanyl streaming across the border. Now, you told Senator Cornyn, you care, but look what has happened under your policy. When you open up the border to the worst illegal immigration in our nation's history, people die. You claim you care, Mr. Secretary, that is a lie. You know, some months ago, Corrine Jean-Pierre stood up at a White House briefing and said, people are not just walking across the border. Was she telling the truth? 
Senator, you are was she telling so the truth? profoundly disrespectful. Was she telling the truth? Two years. Okay, of you, you, you get to answer questions. You don't Senator, get to give speeches. Senator, I served as a federal prosecutor. All right, you're refusing to answer. If you look at, she was lying, and she was not lying on her own. She was lying on behalf of the president of the United States. Now, uh, the photograph of people walking. She was lying on behalf of the President of the United States. This is a photograph from just one day along the Rio Grande of hundreds of thousands of people walking across the border. You have allowed this to happen. The photograph that was before, what are, what are these wristbands? I don't know what they are. You Senator. don't know what they are. Mr. Secretary, you have just testified to the American people you're incompetent at your job because I've been to the southern border. And if you go to the southern border, along the southern border, you see thousands of these wristbands because the illegal immigrants wear them. The drug cartels, every color corresponds to how many thousands of dollars they owe the cartels. You have turned these cartels into multi-billion dollar criminal organizations. And these are modern day leg irons because these are children being sold into sex slavery and you don't even know what they are. That is astonishing. Mr. Secretary, how many children have been sold into sex slavery under your administration? Senator, we are taking it to the cartel. How many children have been sold into sex slavery? In an Do you know how many children have been sold into sex slavery? To an unprecedented degree. Mr. Secretary, I want to say to you right now, it is your behavior is disgraceful, and the deaths the children assaulted, the children raped, they are at your feet, and if you had integrity, you would resign. And I will tell you, the men and women of the Border Patrol, they've never had a political leader undermine them. They despise you, Mr. Secretary, because you're willing to let children be raped to follow political orders. This is a crisis. It's a disgrace. And you won't even admit this human tragedy is a crisis. Claiming one minute chairman time, Mr. Secretary, would you like to respond to any of those questions? What the senator said was revolting. I'm not going to address it. Your refusal to do your job is revolting. <clears throat> wow. That's the only word I can come up with to describe what you just heard. And I got to be honest with you. It was ugly. But it's the first time in any kind of a hearing in which Alejandro Mayorkas sits over there and so-called testifies. The first time any member of Congress has held him accountable, asked questions, and made him either answer the question or just move on. It was rough, no doubt about it. But everything Senator Cruz asked Mayorkas about is critical. It's critical. What's the most critical thing? I got to be honest with you. It's bad enough that these people coming across the southern border are not being prosecuted under federal law. That comes from the White House down. The attorney general, he didn't have anything to do with that. He's supposed to enforce the rule of law. He is the chief law enforcement officer in the nation. You think Mayor Garland's been to the southern border? Heck no, has no attempt on his mind to even go to the southern border. Doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Why? It's the hot potato. Americans are struggling to just make ends meet and leave and be healthy and be free and by the way law-breaking free we have these people that are supposed to enforce the laws including Mayorkas 
they're not doing it. Senator Cruz, thank you for bringing it to a head and putting Mayorkas on the hook to either poop or get off the pot. Talk to Dan. Call 1-866-37-TRUTH. TNN Live. The Truth News Network. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342. 529-8342. Yo! Some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. That was tough. That was really tough. I guess basically, um, I remember one or two, maybe three or four, probably more than that times in my life when uh, my father, sometimes my mother, they set me down and they had conversations just like that with me. But it wasn't quite on the scale where it was about people dying because of bad decisions I made. Mayorkas? That's exactly what Cruz was grilling him for. Thousands have died. The ancillary crime that's been committed by those coming in, not all of them, many of them, most of them are good people, but they're breaking the law when they come into the nation, when they step across the border into the United States without having an official federal right to do it. They're breaking federal law. It's criminal to do that. Where, oh where, does anybody in our government have the unilateral right to just ignore that? And it starts at the White House. I mean, we all take our read from people that are above us, our leaders. Oh my gosh. Let's switch gears, get away from that. How about that? Why don't we talk about, oh, I don't know, Donald Trump for a minute. And when you look at everything going on with Donald Trump right now, this Alvin Bragg thing, the prosecutor in Manhattan, oh, I'm going to indict Donald Trump. going to keep him from running for president ever again. And here's where I am in all this today. Good Lord, what have the Democrats been thinking? After all the fanfare about a Trump indictment that was going to happen yesterday, Tuesday, no indictment yet as of March 29th, many delays, and the whole deal looks like a massive circus. But every thinking American already knew that. Well, with the exception of maybe Joe Biden 
and the ladies on The View. Wait a minute, can I say ladies? Oh my gosh, I might have just busted it. This saga was ultimately bait for Trump supporters. Think about this. Trump fell into the trap when he called for protest. Oh, 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 oh. for the Democrats, that was the dream. MAGA terrorist would rally in the maga MAGA country of Manhattan and do something violent. Or at least they would infiltrate it as the DNC in Manhattan, D.A. Alvin Bragg stood by. Oh, by the way, did anybody see Ray Epps out there like he was there on the Capitol lawn at January 6th? If these guys thought New York City was the place to stage a MAGA country insurrection, they're dumber than Jussie Smollett was. After media just salivating at the prospect of violence and the theater of barricades and other unnecessary security measures in New York City, the police of deep blue NYC faced a hostile mob of five Trump supporters, count them, five. Four of the five were probably feds. They were committing violent crimes of holding signs. They actually were there. And at another protest, propagandists, I mean journalists, outnumbered them five to one. (laughs) No big bad MAGA terrorists took the bait. Trump walked out of a trap unscathed. And you didn't hear anything about it. Why? Because nothing happened. Instead of January 6, 2.0, nothing happened. Bragg's case, which is based on an alleged seven-year-old misdemeanor payment with, by the way, a two-year statute of limitations, immediately fell apart. The only person coming out of this with a giant W is the former president, the orange man, Donald Trump. Like the house in a casino, by the way, Trump always wins. As Elon Musk put it, if Trump gets indicted, he becomes a martyr, likely a landslide winner in 2024. At least among one section of the GOP, the numbers don't lie. Trump rode that wave of the saga of the impending indictment like a champ to a million and a half dollars in grassroots donations. But Trump should really send the thank you card to the corrupt Democrats and Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor. In threatening to indict him, they gave Trump the second biggest endorsement of his life after Michael Moore. Talk about some free fundraising. If they don't indict Trump, everyone trumpeting, Trump's done, it's over for him, for the 32,000th time, looks like an incompetent moron. That's not a big deal for media pundits or the Democrats. That's the state in which they live. But they also look like a bunch of stupid, incompetent, third-world, tin-pot dictators, which would be funny if their actions didn't have very real negative consequences. Before, they could hide behind national security concerns, as with the Russia hoax. Russia, Russia, Russia. 
or persecution of political opponents, as with the Burisma Hunter Biden saga. Not here. The alleged quote-unquote crime has no bearing on anyone except Melania Trump. It isn't something the depravity-loving Dems would ever indict anyone else for. Half of them are probably guilty of way worse. Instead, it reads kind of like a classic case of show me the man and I'll show you the crime, as Soviet NKVD head Leventry Berea famously said. Unlike Berea and his boss Joseph Stalin, however, Bragg, Joe Biden, the feds, and the Democrats are no evil geniuses. Unsurprising, really, when they are stacked to the brim with diversity hires, wine, ants, kleptomaniac transgender freak shows, and child sexualization apologists. But I digress. In this day and age, virtually everyone is willing to become the proverbial rat leaving the sinking ship. Living in the cutthroat world as is New York City, Bragg should know that. And you would think after the January 6th footage fiasco, he would know better. Bragg allegedly hid exculpatory evidence after Robert Costello decided to talk. Costello... Costello was Cohen's lawyer. If true, what he said is astounding that he thought he would get away with it. Bragg is looking like the bank robber who ends up with red paint on his face and no money in his hands, if he's lucky. Most bank robbers also get jail. So how funny would it be if, in his desperation to indict Trump, Bragg got himself indicted and jailed. They don't call it the Trump curse for nothing. And then, of course, there's good old Ron DeSantis, the collateral damage. In their bid to get Trump, the Democrats might have damaged the only candidate who could realistically challenge and maybe even beat Trump. The circus and inevitable request for comment allowed Trump to back DeSantis into a no-win situation. Ron DeSantis, he couldn't just back Trump. Their opponents in what is likely to be a nasty primary and being the bigger person isn't usually a winning strategy in contemporary Washington, D.C. But then Ron doesn't live in Washington, D.C. He lives in Tallahassee. But he couldn't be too disinterested and appear to condone political persecution. So he tried to win both ways, to satisfy both sides, accusing Bragg of weaponizing the justice system while also throwing a bone to the anti-Trump Republicans with his porn star comment. He looked like a weasel, and nobody likes that. So to recapitulate, the Democrats, in their bid to get the orange man, made themselves look like incompetent criminals while inadvertently sabotaging their best chance of getting Trump out of political life forever, all for a failed January 6, 2.0 hoax. Meanwhile, 
Trump gets another million and a half. He's richer with a slew of media attention to rejuvenate his campaign, perhaps the silver lining for the legacy media and their 12 or 13 subscribers. CNN, maybe that's zero subscribers. Michael Moore called 2016 and what was basically the biggest Trump endorsement of 2016, the biggest F you ever recorded in human history. Looks like he was wrong. It's going to be 2024. And an indictment from the corrupt establishment will be the ultimate fundraising vehicle for weary Americans tired of the Democrats' crap. I don't think anybody can credibly think that the Democrats didn't really think this whole thing through. I mean, it's just plain stupid to watch it playing out, and they just go, push forward one more day, and push forward one more day. And, oh, the grand jury's coming back, and there's something else. There's something else. We've got to find a way to get Trump. That's what's happening. Meanwhile, I think Jim Jordan over in the House of Representatives, he may be taking a page from the operating plans that are rolled out pretty regularly by the former president, Donald Trump. We all heard about this journalist, award-winning Matt Taibbi, hardcore leftist for many, many years. He's one of the now, I think, unlucky journalists that Elon Musk picked to roll out the Twitter files to, the expose of what really was going on over at the social media giant, all of the corruption that was there. You've heard about this. Jim Jordan has demanded answers from the IRS about why an IRS agent made an in-person trip to the New Jersey home of investigative journalist Matt Taibbi with Jordan suggesting possible witness intimidation. Taibbi was sitting in Congress in a committee hearing answering questions and an IRS agent actually went to his house in New Jersey while he's in Congress. So Jordan... He penned a letter to IRS Commissioner Daniel Werfel and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen in which the House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jordan requested all documents, all communications relating to the IRS's alleged field visit to Taibbi's New Jersey home on March 9th. The same day, Taibbi appeared before Congress to testify on government abuse. That's just too much irony. There's no good way to explain it. It was intimidation. Yeah, we're going to show these Republicans in Congress. We're going to show the media out there who's in charge. It's the Biden administration. Screw what's right. Let's just go for it. Jordan was nice in the letter, though. Here's part of it. In light of the hostile reaction to Mr. Taibbi's reporting among left-wing activists, and the IRS's history as a tool of government abuse, the IRS's action could be interpreted as an attempt to intimidate a witness before Congress. That's from Jordan's letter. 
Taibbi was one of those journalists who got access to the internal Twitter communications as part of the Twitter files deal, the reporting thing, appeared on March 9th, and he testified before the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which Jordan also chairs. During the hearing, Taibbi discussed evidence that the feds had pressured tech companies to censor content of social media posts. Taibbi's reporting on the Twitter files to which he was granted access by Elon Musk referenced some correspondence between the feds and social media executives that included requests to remove some content from social media platforms. While he was testifying before Congress, literally while he was testifying, doorbell rings. An IRS agent visited his private residence, left a note asking Taibbi to contact the IRS. This is coming from Jordan's letter. The circumstances surrounding the IRS's unannounced, unprompted visit at the exact time Taibbi was testifying to Congress about the most serious government abuse he has witnessed in his career as a journalist. It's incredible. Jordan said in the letter the IRS indicated it had rejected Taibbi's 2018-2021 tax filings over concerns of possible identity theft. That's what they said. What's troubling, according to Jordan, is that the visit came on the same day Taibbi was testifying, and over four years after Taibbi's accountant was notified by the IRS that it had accepted his 2018 tax filing and since then had never notified Taibbi nor his accountant of any problems. The IRS's visit is all the more concerning in light of Taibbi's assertions that the IRS informed him the problems were not monetary and he'd never received any prior indication of any issues with the tax return. These facts demand a careful examination by the committee. Got to figure out whether the visit was a thinly veiled attempt to influence or intimidate a witness before Congress. That's what Jordan wrote. Taibbi? Well, what is he? He's a journalist. He took to Twitter to say he's deferring comment on the matter until the IRS replies to Jordan's demands. For those asking... I don't want to comment on the IRS issue pending an answer to Chairman Jim Jordan's letter. Not worried for me, myself, but I did feel the committee should be aware of what was going on. Michael Schellenberger, an investigative journalist who joined Taibbi in testifying before Congress that day, remarked that the IRS agent's visit to Taibbi's home is highly unusual. Elon Musk said the same thing. Now, put it in the context of what we know is happening right now today. They got, they being the IRS, remember they got $80 billion. $80 billion. $80 billion. To hire a whole new fleet of IRS agents. They told the American people the reason for it and the reason they needed it was to go after those evil billionaires in the country that don't pay their 
fair share. We got to go get them. They promised that no middle-class American was going to be targeted for any reason by any of these new agents that were coming on board. And oh, by the way, those agents will be armed when they go out investigating. Now, that very fact alone tells me something ain't right there. Why would an IRS agent need to go knock on a door of somebody he's questioning information from a tax return about? Carry a gun? You don't think any of this is interrelated, do you? Of course not. Joe Biden, I mean, he's a softy. He's Uncle Joe. He's by the book, right down the numbers. He loves chocolate ice cream. And he loves little girls, smelling of little girls' hair. And don't think I'm being crass when I say that. We have scads of footage showing him doing that exact thing. Something's not right in D.C. I know that probably doesn't surprise you. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm tired of this serious crap. I'm tired of it. I want to talk about something good in government. And whenever I need to hear something good going on in government, I always return to somebody like... uh, Oh, I don't know, Bill Maher. Here's Bill Maher telling the story about our government. Well, not our government, but California government. Not California government, but San Francisco government. It's a really good story. Another good story about how government works today. San Francisco, which is unfortunately the poop capital of the world, (laughs) which is not good for tourism, uh, wanted to build a single, a single public outdoor toilet. The bid came in at $1.7 million for a toilet, and it would take three years to build. Then a company came along and said, you know what, we're going to donate and pay for the installation. So donation of the thing itself and installation, oh, there you saved $1.7 million. No, here's this is what the problem I have with government. The cost, said the, at the San Francisco Chronicle, isn't the project, it's project management. It would still cost $1.2 million, even though the thing itself and the installation was free. Why? Construction management, engineering fees, permits, civic design review, surveys, contract preparation, cost estimate. This is the bull. Yeah, yeah. actually, that sucks all the money out of America. A toilet that was free (laughs) for the poopers that hang out on the sidewalks in San Francisco. You know, this kind of stuff really happens. And it's happening every day. And it gets more ridiculous as we move forward. To be honest with you, there is nothing in the federal government that works right. And it trickles down to state governments and city governments and town governments and rural governments. Governments, they lust for two things. Money, of course, the love of money is the root of all evil. And the power over people that comes from being in government. Those are facts that you cannot credibly say are not facts. Wake up. 
drink with any breakfast sandwich. Hot coffee or Diet Coke, free. Frosty Chino, that's cool and free. If it comes in a Wendy's cup, it's free when you buy a breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. We design smarter ways to detect motion for emergency dispatch in seconds. We create HD cameras so you could see what's happening in your home from anywhere. All powered by Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe for faster police response. Because in here, your safety is the only thing that matters. Advanced home security, 24/7 professional monitoring. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the US right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as 4 months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new omelet bites from Duncan. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Duncan. America runs on Duncan. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo woo! Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day! Get happy. Yeah! Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. He's got the inside scoop on what's really happening in DC. TNN, the Truth News Network. Here's Dan. Well, guess what slipped into the news today? We have COVID-19 vaccine news. Got a couple of stories that include that. This first one will certainly frost you. Our government, the federal government, the Joe Biden administration, received hundreds of millions of dollars Where'd it come from? Well, taxpayers pay all that money, right? Nope, not in this case. They got it from Moderna. Vaccine manufacturer Moderna. Moderna agreed to pay... You're not going to believe this. <laughs> the National Institutes of Health, NIAID. That was Anthony Fauci's little entity under the NIH, right? NIAID, yep. And they paid the NIH and NIAID to license spike protein technology that the company used in its COVID-19 vaccine. And there's a contract. There's a contract that verifies that. For years, Moderna resisted acknowledging the work by government researchers on the spike protein, but they relented it in late 2021. Moderna announced the contract during an earnings call on February 23rd, last month. Moderna stated that it provided a catch-up payment, you know, just a little paltry amount of money to make everybody think they're serious about doing the right thing. It was $400 million 
to Fauci's little entity, NIAID, which is part of the NIH. The newly disclosed contract states that Moderna would pay the NIH a non-creditable, non-refundable royalty in the amount of $400 million. Portions that would confirm Moderna's statement that the company would pay low single-digit royalties on future sales of its COVID-19 vaccines, and those are redacted so the media can't look at them. It's a 34-page contract. One section starts, the licensee agrees to pay to the NIAID earned royalties on net sales as follows. But the as follows is redacted, totally. The NIH cited as a reason for the redactions an exemption to the act that enables agencies to withhold trade secrets and commercial or financial information obtained from a person and privileged or confidential. They redacted the royalties, even though there have been press releases about the royalties. That comes from James Love, director of the nonprofit Knowledge Ecology International. It's common, but crap, his words, to redact royalties on a negotiated license on a government patent. Government patent. Unredacted information in the contract confirmed that Moderna had agreed to pay the NIH royalties before the agreement took effect in late 2022, as well as a minimum annual royalty, earned royalties, and benchmark royalties. Contract was signed December 14th of 2022 by Michael Moat, Director of the Technology Transfer and Intellectual Property Office at NAIAD, and Shannon Klinger, Chief Legal Officer at Moderna. The payments would include a royalty within 60 days of government officials providing a reasonable, detailed, written statement and request for an amount equivalent to a pro rata share of the unreimbursed patent expenses previously paid by the NIAID. And by the way, just so you know, Moderna has made nearly $37 billion from its COVID-19 vaccines. It has forecast $5 billion in revenue from the vaccines this year. Moderna and Pfizer both received enormous government contracts for their vaccines, which helped in development and manufacturing. And you asked the same question when I told you this that I asked when I found this story. How much of that went to Anthony Fauci? Who owns those patents? You know, we won't know because the intelligence stuff, it's confidential. You know, we're the government. We don't have a right to know. We're the people. And those people in NIAID, like Fauci, oh, they don't answer to us. They just answer to each other. So I told you there was another COVID story. You're not going to like this one. The CDC found more than 700 signals that the vaccines could, the word could in parentheses, could cause adverse reactions, including acute heart failure and death. 
They found that out a year ago. The CDC detected many of the same signals in July of last year. The new files show that the first time the CDC calculated a proportional reporting ratio on vaccine injury reports, signals were identified. The analysis went over reports lodged between December 14th of 2020, May 6th of 2022. CDC initially claimed it did not run the PRR, which is that proportional reporting ratio, on the injury reports made to the VAERS reporting system, which we have almost weekly in the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdowns, we gave you the reported adverse events. The CDC later claimed it started the method in February of 21, shortly after the vaccines were rolled out. Both of these claims were false. The CDC ultimately said they admitted the claims were false, adding that it did not start until March of 2022. Now my question is, why did they not start till then? 2022 is when they started. What's the big deal about that? Well, let's just do something. And uh, I'm going to go back. Let me let me just go back and look at the. Oh, where's where's my bears report? I lost my. Here we go. Open bears report. The bears report started to be written. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Home. Oh my gosh. I'm looking for the first date that we gave you. COVID-19 adverse event reports. We have the latest of those reports. How many? A million five hundred thirty-five thousand nine hundred sixty-five reports of adverse reactions. And the latest number we have is March of 2023. I don't have on the graph. Okay. The first VAERS report that the media began to get and report on was in 2021. 2021. I wanted to make that point because the CDC said they did not know all this stuff at the very beginning. They only found out about it in May of 2022. When the first analyses were done that month, we're told CDC employees identified more than 200 signals for Pfizer's shot, 93 for Moderna's vaccine. Those analyses compare the events lodged after receiving one vaccine with events lodged after receiving another or several others. The strongest analysis involves comparing reports lodged after vax with the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccinations with the reports lodged after vax with all non-COVID vaccines. The analysis is contained in files labeled Table 5. Now, what does all this mean? 
Table 5 was only created, they tell us, from May 6, 2022 to July 31 of 2022 when they were getting the adverse reports that they published and that we shared with you all the way back in 2021. The CDC hasn't come out and explained why. And we all know why. They did not want the American people to get any actual information that showed that they knew or that anybody knew there were problems with the vaccines that could cause adverse reactions that included disabilities, included heart problems, and even death. And our government knew about it. Don't you think somebody should be held accountable for that? Do you think this is one of those things that we find out 20 years later? Oh, they knew all this up front. Here's the truth. Here's the facts that show. They knew all this stuff, but they purposely kept it from the American people. And this person in the NIAID and the CDC were on the take. They were the ones ramrodding it through. They knew it was happening, but they didn't want to get involved in it, and so they just covered it up. You think Watergate was a big cover-up? We're finding out almost daily the stuff that's happened in just the last few short years regarding COVID-19, the pandemic, January 6th, every debacle that's happened that our government's been even involved in in a little way in the last decade, every one of them, was and is evil. And if we pull the covers back and take a look at the facts, we're going to find out just how evil many people in the federal government are. Let's switch gears. I just feel dirty. You know, sometimes when you talk about things that are bad and bad things that happen, and we started the show this morning talking about three nine-year-olds being slaughtered on Monday and three other adults that were slaughtered along with them. That's where we started. And then we go down and we hear, Joe Biden, when he's going to address the nation and make us all understand and grieve together about those six shootings, and he opens it with a whole soliloquy about chocolate ice cream? When I heard it, and I heard it live, my first thoughts were, oh my gosh, don't you know the moms and dads of those three little nine-year-olds wished that their kids would come home this afternoon so they could give them some chocolate ice cream. And the president gets up there supposedly to give us something to make us feel good or at least grieve together. And he starts talking about chocolate ice cream. That's just one example. Other news. A Wisconsin man was arrested yesterday in connection with an attack on a pro-life organization's office just days after the leak of the Supreme Court Roe v. Wade thing. You remember that? I can't even say this guy's name. Redindu Sankar Roy Chowdhury. He was the man responsible for a May 8th firebombing of the Wisconsin Family Action Office based 
on DNA samples recovered from a partially eaten burrito that matched those found at the scene. Roy Chowdhury was arrested at a Boston airport yesterday, will appear today, U.S. District Court in Boston. That office was damaged after Molotov cocktails were thrown into the building. A fire was started. The building was painted with messages that said, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. According to the complaint, Roy Chowdhury used an incendiary device in violation of federal law in connection with his efforts to terrorize and intimidate a private organization. This is from an assistant attorney general, Matthew Olson. Olson said, I commend the commitment and professionalism of law enforcement personnel who worked exhaustively to ensure that justice is served. Let me put this in context. We heard reports of dozens of such things happening. Pro-life offices being pillaged, burned, broken into, threatening people, all of that in the aftermath. This is the first time anybody's been held accountable. But then January 6th, we sit here today and we know factually thousands of Americans are on the radar screen of the FBI who have come out and said, basically, if you were there, not just those of you that decided to go into the Capitol, but if you were even in there, somewhere on the lawn, if you were just there to watch your government play out, to watch and see what happened on January 6th, you weren't involved in any violence any kinds of things that were illegal, it doesn't matter. We're coming after you. And so, at first blush, here's what we all think when we hear that. I didn't do anything wrong. They can't do anything to me. Listen to what they can do. There are a bunch of those people that because of facial recognition software, the FBI went and picked them up, and more than 150 of them They put them in prison in Washington, D.C. No bail hearing. Could hardly meet with their attorneys. Their family members for a long time didn't know what was going on. And they held some of these people that way for more than a year. People that didn't do anything. Now imagine, you know, the one obvious thing is the cost to individuals, their health, their family the way they made money or couldn't make money. Their families didn't know what was going on. No income coming in from dad that was thrown in jail. Sometimes mom too. And then eventually you get a chance to talk to an attorney. You have to hire an attorney. You know what it costs to defend in a federal court case? It's astronomical. You can plan on six-figure numbers for attorney's fees. Roy Chowdhury was identified. This is the first place where they have come out and held anybody responsible for the crazy stuff that went on in the lead-up to the Roe v. Wade overturn decision that came from the Supreme Court. Roy Chowdhury, this guy, 
was identified earlier as a suspect for graffiti painted on Wisconsin state capitol grounds. We will get revenge, was what he he put out there, according to court documents. He faces a minimum of five years, a maximum of 20 years in prison if convicted. This group of local and federal law enforcement officers has worked with the federal prosecutors diligently and creatively to move the investigation forward. That came from U.S. Attorney Tim O'Shea. Finally, somebody is being held accountable. Now, there's somebody out there that uh, everybody wants to know what was going on. You don't hear anything about the FTX founder, Sam Bankman-Fried. Hadn't heard much about him, have you? Well, there's some big news that came out yesterday. Now, listen to this. A lot of people think this guy's a genius. He found a way to pocket billions of dollars and took that billions of dollars out of the unsuspecting pockets of a bunch of Americans and people around the world. Yesterday we learned that uh, he literally, (laughs) he got busted and is in jail right now charged with massive fraud. Okay, we know there's fraud there because, you know, he uh, he took the money from these unsuspecting people and he spent a bunch of it. But they found him, it was announced yesterday, of conspiring to bribe Chinese government officials. Now, why would he be bribing Chinese government officials? Well, just so happens... More than $1 billion in frozen cryptocurrency the Chinese government has control over. The indictment against him was unsealed yesterday. That's the third one that Bankman freed his face since the collapse of the FTX, his crypto exchange. And if you don't know what a crypto exchange is as compared to cryptocurrency, Cryptocurrency is one of the safest, if not the safest, type of currency on the planet. Exchange, that's the one that FTX was. Here's what an exchange is. It's like a stockbrokery firm, an account, where you deposit your money there and they trade for you. Or they take and you deposit it with them and they make sure it's kept safe. That's what FTX was. This indictment against him alleges that in 2021, he authorized bribing one or more Chinese government officials with at least $40 million to regain access to some accounts that the country's law enforcement had frozen as part of a continuing investigation into a party that traded with his crypto investment firm, Alameda Research. The accounts held with two of China's largest crypto exchanges contain more than a billion dollars worth of crypto. Bankman-Fried directed his firm, Alameda, and employees there to pay the bribe after months of failed attempts to get control of the accounts. The accounts were unfrozen at the time a first illicit payment was made. Bankman-Fried then authorized an additional payment of tens of millions of dollars 
to complete the bribe. At the direction of Bankman Freed, his company, Alameda, used the unfrozen crypto to fund additional trades. I mean, this guy, I guess he was a genius or is a genius because he figured out every way possible to screw people, in this case, the Chinese government. Xi Jinping, I don't know if he's going to be on Bankman Freed's Christmas card list and vice versa. Spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, which is the office prosecuting the case, they didn't comment. A rep from the Chinese embassy in D.C. didn't respond either. A spokesman for Bankman Freed just played, I know nothing, I know nothing. These bribery allegations add to the mounting legal pressures facing him, Bankman Freed, and demonstrate the breadth of the DOJ's investigation. In addition to a series of fraud charges, prosecutors have also alleged he violated U.S. campaign finance law in a bid to get favor, a bunch of it down in D.C. Bankman Freed faces an uphill battle. He's getting ready for a trial coming up not until October. Three members of his inner circle have pled guilty to fraud and other offenses, and they are cooperating with prosecutors. Go figure. Two have said in a plea hearing that they worked with him to mislead FTX investors and lenders to Alameda. Prosecutors first charged Bankman Freed in December, alleging in a bare-bones indictment that he stole billions of FTX customer funds. In addition to misleading investors and lenders, by the way, they unveiled a second indictment in February, new allegations that included he conspired to commit bank fraud and operate an unlicensed money-transmitting business. He's only 31 years old. He's pled not guilty to the charges in the first indictment, has yet to be arraigned on these latest. U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan yesterday approved new bail restrictions for him after months of debate over his access to electronic devices while he's awaiting trial, by the way, and he's under home detention in his folks' house in Northern California. Under these new restrictions, he's prohibited from using his parents' computers and other devices, can visit only pre-approved websites, may only use a phone that has no internet access. A security guard is screening any visitors for electronic devices, which the guard will confiscate before the person enters the Bankman Freed's home. Prosecutors sent in a letter to the judge yesterday that the new charge didn't change their position on bail conditions. Wow, 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 wow. Corruption? Every kind. And with Bankman Freed, that old adage, it rings true again. The love of money is the root of all evil. I couldn't finish the show today without playing this little tidbit from Tucker Carlson's show. And it's kind of funny, but it's really not funny. It has to do with racism and you and me being put on the targets of the woke crowd and their ability to call us anything they want to call us. Well, I woke up to go get me a cold pop, and then I thought somebody was barbecuing. 
I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Remember that video from a couple of years ago? Maybe you shared these images on your screen right now. If so, according to CNN, you are a bigot. Literally, you're a racist. Okay. Quote, if you're black and you've shared such images online, you get a pass. But if you're white, you may have inadvertently perpetrated one of the most insidious forms of contemporary races. You may be wearing digital blackface. Right. So different standards for different groups of American citizens. What we have here, of course is a situation where the demand for racism in this country has far outstripped its supply. Jason Whitlock is the host of Fearless. He joins us to assess. Jason Whitlock, thank, thanks for coming back. It's great to see you. Uh, you always kind of take these things to the, to the deeper level um, that we miss on the first pass. What do you make of this? I, it's what's obvious. It's what you just said. There's just not enough racism. And so they're inventing new forms of racism. And the next thing CNN will be telling us is about digital lynching. Yeah. And digital lynching is when uh, someone criticizes Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, or Stacey Abrams, or Kamala Harris. And then they'll have digital slavery. And that'll be when Trump returns to Twitter and someone right. likes a Trump tweet. Right. That's digital slavery. <laughs> exactly. And then there'll be systemic digital racism. And that will be, and that is when Elon Musk purchased Twitter and quit shadow banning uh, conservatives. That's, you know, systemic digital racism. They got to come up with this stuff because they're hiding from the fact, they're trying to cover the fact that while anti-black racism has decreased in America and everybody can see it, anti-white racism has increased in America, and anybody that's not have their head in the sand buried can see that. And so they're just covering up the fact that anti-white racism is out of control. No, The president's doing it. Uh, everybody over social media is doing it. And they want to hide from it by creating, oh, yeah, this digital, you're doing digital blackface. It, it, it's a joke, Tucker. It, it's... It's a scam. But there, the cost is, I mean, there are many costs probably, but one of them is the assumption that everybody in America secretly hates everyone else on the basis of race. I just don't, that's not the reality that I experience living in this country. It's not remotely the reality, but these organizations, CNN, most of corporate media, they're there to distract us from the truth. Right. And right. the truth is that China, just like you did at the top of your show with Tic Tac, is sexually perverting young people. Disney is sexually perverting young people. They're normalizing this whole transgender thing and corrupting our kids and targeting our kids. They want us debating silly stuff, digital right. blackface, That's right. and not looking at the pure evil that they're imposing on kids. Yeah. If they were doing it to me and you, we could handle it. We can fight. They're doing it to kids. It's evil. It's wicked. It's satanic. Yeah. And the money stuff, especially. Like, where'd all the money from SVB go? <laughs> like, 
Look, where's all the money? <laughs> They're stealing all the money. Shut up, racist. What are we doing in Ukraine? Exactly. What are we doing in Ukraine? We can't talk about that, but we can talk about digital blackface. Exactly. Because commenting on a war between two white populations is racist. It's too funny. Jason Whitlock, a wise man. Thanks for coming on tonight. We got to find things that we can use to talk down to other people and make people appear to be less than we are. That's why we came up with these terms to demean those who we disagree. That's a wrap for Wednesday, Hump Day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9. Have a great one. This is an apple pie, not eating something nice. We about that, we about that, we about that life. Making the power play, watch all the moves we make. We run that, we run that. We run that game. Let's get it. Hey. My